0: Grace, mercy, and peace to each one of you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you please bow your head with me? Heavenly Father, we pray now that you would attend your word and keep your promise that when it goes forth, it will not return to you void without accomplishing that for which you send it forth. Grant that in each one of our lives, in Jesus' name, Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> just now realized I kind of have a frog in my throat. I didn't. I don't know how he got in there between just the last class I had and right now, but he's in there anyway. Um, I'd like to begin. Uh, uh, just by mentioning something I heard on the radio a while back. It was one of those financial shows, you know, where people call in and they seek advice. I don't remember which one, but it was, uh, it was one of those. And this was a grandparent who was asking for advice because she had saved up what already seemed to me like quite a sum of money, but she was asking for advice about how to invest this money so that uh, when her grandchild, was old enough to go to college, her grandchild was a baby. And by the time her grandchild was old enough to go to college, this money would have grown enough that it could pay for most, if not all, of her college education. Or his, I don't remember what the grandchild was, him or her, but whichever, pay for that child's college expenses. I thought, man, that's nice to have somebody like that, somebody uh, Somebody who cares enough about you that, that even though when you're not aware of it, they're working on your behalf. They're investing on your behalf. So that by the time you're 18, why, that which was done in the past would benefit you now in the present. Kind of nice grandmother that was. Must have been halfway wealthy grandmother to save that much money already. I think it was $18,000 and the baby was only a year old or something, so... But anyway, uh, in our lesson for this morning, Paul describes something like that, something that happened in the past, an event that happened to you in the past and has ramifications for the present. Our lesson is found in the book of Romans, chapter 5, beginning with verse 1, and here's what we read. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That is our lesson, and it is the word of God upon which we want to meditate for the next next few minutes this morning. Let's go back to to verse 1 for a minute, shall we? Paul says this, Therefore, having been justified... By faith. Now that's the event in the past. Your past. Having been justified, and my past, by the way, not just yours, (laughs) mine too, and uh, having been justified by faith. You see, there was a moment in time when you were not a believer in Christ Jesus, and then in the very next moment, you were. That was accomplished of course by the holy spirit the moment he came to your heart and by the power in his word maybe it was the word working through water maybe it was the word that was preached maybe it was the word just spoken by a friend maybe it was the word in your bible but through that word his power created the faith that is in your heart now so there was an event that happened in the past you were justified by faith but notice Having been justified by faith, it continues to the present. So that faith took hold of Jesus. Now, we want to be really clear about what we mean by faith in Jesus, because there's a lot of weird teachings out there about what faith in Christ means. I've heard a few of them just recently. But what the Bible means when it speaks about faith in Christ is this, and it's very clear. It is, first of all, to believe what the Bible says about who Jesus was. He was God the Son. So that's part of it. And then secondly, it is to believe that what Jesus came to this earth to accomplish, he actually accomplished. And then thirdly, that he accomplished it for me. Now what was it that he came to accomplish? Well, what he did was he came... To live a life in your place as a substitute. That's actually what he was, was a substitute. And when he came, he allowed himself to be subjected to every temptation to which you have ever caved. Right? I've caved in plenty of times to temptation. He didn't ever cave into temptation, but maybe you can think of times you've caved into temptation, maybe a temptation you never even thought you were capable of caving into. You thought you were better than that, right? You ever done that? I've done that. I've sulked for days over something like that. We mustn't think we're better than that. In fact, St. Paul says, let he who stands take heed lest he fall. He who thinks he stands, I'm sorry. Take heed lest he fall. We ought not think that there is a temptation to which we wouldn't succumb. Because you know why? You've got the same sinful flesh that everybody else on this earth has. And so do I. We aren't better than that. But Jesus was. And he faced every temptation that you have ever faced. And he never caved. Not even once. And so then he took that spotless life that life which is the only human life that has ever lived that can stand before God unashamed. And he took that spotless life and he took it to the cross of Calvary. So he lived a life in your place and then he died a death in your place where he was rejected by men and rejected by God the Father himself on the cross. And he bled his blood there on the cross to pay the price for your sins. And he paid it all for every sin you have ever committed. and When he said it is finished, what he was saying is the debt is paid. And he meant your debt is paid and my debt is paid. Every debt was paid on that day. And now when your mind and your heart is brought by the Holy Spirit into agreement with that, so that you are trusting in Jesus as your savior from sin, then at that moment you were justified by faith, and that event which occurred, which, which occurred, which occurred in the past, has ramifications for the present. And that ram- Of course, we know it has ramifications for the future, right? Because it purchased heaven for us. But we're not there yet. We're still here on this earth. And that ramification, St. Paul says in this passage is this: We have peace with God. You know what that means? It means God is holding nothing against you. Nothing. In fact, he says there is now not one condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And more than that, not only do you have peace with him, but that peace means that he has taken you as his own. He has adopted you as his child so that you can call him Father, you can call him a very endearing term for father, which in the Greek is Abba. You can say Abba, Father. It means, well, we don't have a word to translate it, but the closest we have is Daddy in the English. That peace is now and continues as long as the present is present. And it is intensely practical in terms of its application, and I would be remiss if I did not mention some of that. This peace with God, first off, means your greatest need has already been met. Not only your greatest need now, but the greatest need you will ever face, the greatest problem you have ever thought about facing has already been met. You don't have to worry about standing before God on the judgment day because He's going to call you His child because He's your Father. He worked peace between you and Him. You can scratch that one off the top of your list. My greatest need has already been met. Now, by definition, then, if that's our greatest need, you know what? Every other need is lesser by comparison, is it not? Every other need that we have is less than that. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've noticed this really for the last several months. There's sort of a a pall over our country. I don't know if you've noticed that. I've noticed it, sometimes it's over me too. <laughs> but uh, this sense of sadness or, or a sense of foreboding or something, I don't know what it is. Maybe it is foreboding about the future, I, I don't know. But, but I, you know, I have it too sometimes, but how silly that is, have that sense of foreboding when you've got a father who is God Almighty. <laughs> Why should I be sad? I've got a God who is my father. Did we not just establish that? Luther calls him our dear father. Maybe all this social distancing is weighing on you. Maybe not. I like solitude, so it doesn't bother me too much. But but maybe it's something else. Maybe you're facing an obstacle, and you cannot find a way around it. Perhaps you have a family member who is ill, Maybe you're watching someone you love make choices that are not wise and the worry is causing you sleepless nights. Maybe you are carrying a burden about which no one knows you're carrying. It's just you alone carrying that burden. Maybe you have choices that are difficult and you don't know which one to make. Listen to me. You have A father, a father in heaven who loves you so much that he single handedly made peace between you and he so he could have that relationship with you. And now he is your father. Do you not think he's going to answer your prayers? He says, Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will hear you. Do you not think he will answer? When the time is right, you will see the answer. With a father like that, you do not need to carry that burden. Lay it down, trust him, and be lighthearted. And the peace that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Would you please bow your head with me? Father. Open to us your mild and loving heart in Christ Jesus, and let us rest in him, our safe refuge and our strong fortress, in whom alone we might peacefully lie down. Grant that we may find peace, our peace, in him. We pray that you would keep every hostile power from harming us or touching us. Break asunder all the darts which this day may may be directed against us. Keep us pure. Let our soul have its rest and joy and comfort in you. For you are our life and salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you always. Amen.